Have you ever been asked to do the one thing you dreaded most? Often we find ourselves stuck at a crossroads, the place in our journey when we realize that the old way of doing things is no longer working. Learning to pivot brings freedom in life and business. When life provided the opportunity, I left corporate America to start my first business in 2004 while raising my twins. In 2021, we left the only life we had ever known and moved across the country to start over. There were more questions than answers, and the road ahead was unclear. However, we decided to let faith, not fear, be our compass. Today, we are building the life of our dreams. With my background in marketing and a decade in the photography industry, I know how to help entrepreneurs shine online and share their talents with the world. The opportunity to rebuild my business allowed me to transition into a role as a business coach and a personal brand strategist. Join us here each week where we share simple strategies to get you unstuck in life and business and on your way to living the life you've been dreaming of. I am your host, Shelley Niehaus, and this is the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Educated, Empowered, Inspired show. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest, Wally Miller. Wally is a financial coach who helps high-achieving millennials and Gen Zers become work optional by taking control of their finances without sacrificing their lattes and brunches. She's a first-generation college graduate, the daughter of an immigrant, and a self-made millionaire who helps women balance spending, saving, and wealth building without deprivation. I love that, Wally, wealth building without deprivation. Well, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking all things money, so I hope this will be a great conversation. Well, you're my girl because we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this show and they are out there building money. You know, they're, they're earning money, they're growing their business. I would say the common theme that most of our audience has is that they are growing their business. So we want to teach them not only how to make money, but how to make money matter. And so I have a feeling you're going to be our expert guest for this topic. So tell us a little bit about how you got here. Give us, I know I went, touched on some highlights, but let's, let's hear about your journey and what you got you, got you excited about money and wealth building. Yeah. So I wish I could say that I was always good with money. I've always been interested in money, but that meant so many different things. I was, you know, I was one of those people who would like watch the Susie Orman PBS special on retirement, but I didn't always understand all of the, the mechanics behind it, but it sort of was interesting to me. I also didn't, um, in my case, I thought I was good with money because I didn't have credit card debt right? A lot of the personal finance information out there and advice geared to those people who were in massive credit card debt um, and who had overwhelming student loans. And I did have student loans and I had a car note, but I just sort of said, everybody has student loans and everybody has a car note. So in my mind, I was pretty good with money. And it wasn't until I was in my late 20s, actually early 30s, maybe 31, 32, um, where my sort of ideal job, I had a really, I uh, found a lot of passion in the work that I did and was very fulfilled until that became a very toxic work environment. And I realized that there was not a whole lot that I could do. I got to just like walk away and Feeling that feeling of being stuck uh, made me feel very powerless. I felt very powerless. And it was right around that time 
um, maybe a few months prior to like things changing and shifting in my workplace that I received this random letter from the Social Security Administration that basically had an earnings record income statement. And it basically had every job that I ever had from back when I was a teenager and worked summer jobs to that current age. And I remember adding up the total amount of money that I had made in my lifetime. And I realized I had nothing to show for it. And that was the moment that I realized something had to change. Because if I missed a paycheck, maybe one paycheck, I would have been okay. But if I missed more than one paycheck, I would have lost everything that I had worked hard for. So it was at that moment, sort of those two uh, experiences or situations that really left me thinking, okay, something really is wrong here. <laughs> something has to change. Okay, so that was a awakening moment that you you had that and you kind of had to, to pivot and that led you to a whole different trajectory. So take us back to that and tell us maybe what you started to do to change your mindset and, and go in a different direction. Yeah, so it was at that moment that I realized, particularly when I was like, wow, I can't just walk away from this toxic work environment. I can't just leave. If not, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose everything that I work so hard for. And sort of feeling stuck, I realized that I needed to make some changes. Like something wasn't adding up here, right? The math wasn't mathing, right? <laughs> particularly when I took a look at the amount of money that I had made over the course of my life. Like my bank accounts did not reflect that. And it was more than just that my account balances didn't reflect it. I didn't feel like at peace with the amount of money that I had made and the amount of money that I had to show for it. So it was at that point that I started thinking, what, what am I missing, right? Like I was earning money, but it wasn't freedom for me, right? Not only was I tied to a very toxic work environment, I couldn't just get up and leave, but it was also like my money is supposed to be freeing, right? I was making more money than my parents had ever made in their lives. And yet I had nothing to show for it. And I find this a lot with my clients too. I tend to work with women who are high achieving. Some of them are entrepreneurs. I mean, making half a million dollars a year, yet they are in massive debt and have nothing to show for the amount of success that they've had in their lives, right? Or even if there are corporate women trying to uh, navigate corporate world and realizing that they're sort of stuck in this golden handcuff cycle. And so it was at that moment that I realized, okay, I need to figure out what am I missing? And it really kind of goes back to the way that I grew up. I am one of five children and I grew up in the Bronx. It is not, it is one of, not one of the, it is the poorest borough in New York City. So there was a lot of low income. Now I didn't grow up in poverty. We always had food on the table. It wasn't always what we wanted, but we had food on the table and we always had a roof over our head, but we were really low income. So there wasn't a lot of conversations around, um, you know, spending money, for example, it was really about cutting and reducing, right? Sometimes the lights would be turned off and we would have to, you know, like call and ask for extensions. And my parents really didn't have conversations with us kids about money. So a lot of what I learned about money was observed, right? Now, there are some people whose parents or the people who they grow up with, they have these conversations and learn how to balance a checkbook and learn the value of a dollar. 
but I didn't have that. So, and for so many of us, that's actually what happens, right? Like, I don't know about you, Shelly, but I wasn't taught how to manage money in high school or in college. Like I had to sort of learn this all on my own. And so many of us feel really guilty for that. Like we feel like where, what lesson did I miss? Right. But so much of what we learn about money and so much of our relationship with money is actually formed when we're really young. Mm -hmm. uh, research studies have shown that our money mindset, which simply means how we interact with money, how we behave with money, our relationship with money, how that is, uh, is formed between the ages of seven and 10. So wow. like just sit here and just think about what was going on in your household between the ages of seven and 10. And then think about as you begin to earn money in your teenage years, in your 20s, your 30s and 40s, that that seven, eight, nine, 10 year old mind is the one managing your money. Yikes. <laughs> right, but this is what happens, right? Unless we uh, you know, have people to teach us about money. Like that is how we learn about money. And of course, some of us may have learned really great habits with money, but so much of what we learn is not uh, directly told to us, right? It's like those indirect lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Those statements like money doesn't grow on trees. We don't have money for that, you know? Um, so all of these um, sort of different mindsets around money, all of these different thoughts and behave and the way we behave with money is formed from that age. Wow. Well, that's, that's exactly where I want to kind of go today and talk about making our money work for us because I think a lot of us, and if I go back to my seven to 10 year old self, I mean, I was definitely taught how to balance the checkbook, how to manage money, but I wasn't taught how to grow money, mm -hmm. how to invest or how to, um, I love in your bio, how work optional, like that never even crossed my mind. Um, you know, cause I thought, well, maybe 65 you retire. So, so it's that whole different way of thinking about money and in almost that abundant mindset of how you can get more and not only for you, but you can leave generational wealth and you can give back to organizations and stuff. So let's just talk about a little bit about that wealth building specifically around um, the, in the entrepreneurial space, because a lot of our businesses and that's something when I became an entrepreneur, it was such a eye-opening experience that I could make money at my own pace. You know, mm -hmm. if I want, if I wanted to make more money, I just had to create a new offer or put something out there or come up with a new product and coming from a, you know, parent father that was a corporate person that was on a very, you know, finite money, whatever the company gave you is what you, you got, whether that's in a pension or your 401k or whatever. So let's just talk about the entrepreneurial space and how we can make that money work for us. And then also how we can invest that money and um, make it grow. Yeah, I love this topic. Um, many of my clients, they tend to be high achieving women, right? Making money isn't the issue. And I think one of the problems with the personal finance space, particularly when it comes to being geared towards women, now this is shifting a little bit, which is awesome. But for so long, the personal finance content and information geared towards women was all about cutting expenses mm -hmm. and clipping coupons right? So it was all about how to not spend money on fun things, spend money on quote unquote, important things, whatever that meant, right? <laughs> like who defines what's important? So it was all of this stuff about 
you know, uh, saving money. And now to be fair, that is not a wrong idea to have. But if it's the only idea that you have when it comes to building wealth, you're not going to get very far, right? Because there's this whole other aspect, which is that building wealth. Now, I will say for me, I loved clipping coupons. It was like a game for me. I would have so much fun, right? And so what I was doing, though, was that I was saving money on groceries and all these other things, but I wasn't really saving money because all that did was allow me to spend more money in other categories and not grow that wealth. And it was that wealth building piece that was really missing for me, right? I was good with cutting expenses. I was good at, you know, saving money. But I wasn't really good at wealth building and what that meant, right? I love this whole idea. And I know in the last couple of years, the whole term passive income has really become huge, right? But when we think of what passive income is, it does require an investment. It requires an upfront investment of money or it requires an upfront investment of time. One of those two, right? So like you can write a book and... Uh, you know, let Amazon do the selling for you. Uh, but guess what? It took you years, months, days, a lot of experience to be able to write that book, right? Before it can actually sort of be passive, right? Or any other thing that we might build. And this, the same situation happens with women and as we build our businesses, right? Because we, all of us want to build something that we are passionate about. But what I have seen is that we end up building jobs for ourselves. <laughs> we end up building what we wanted to escape from, right? Now, there are some people who always have had that entrepreneurial heart. And then there's some other people who took the or have taken the entrepreneurial uh, uh, sort of route in order to buy freedom. And what they do is that they build themselves a cage, right? And it's because of that wealth building piece. And so, yes, it's super important to understand the amount of income that's coming in and the amount of expenses that's going out and the amount of money that you need to build a life. But you also need to understand how you can build that passive income. And that can be in different ways. Um, before we started the, the, the podcast today, you know, I, I talked about how I believe there's sort of three general ways of investing, right? Investing could be investing in the stock market and I'll include cryptocurrency and things like that, right? But let's say the markets, right? That's one way of investing. Another way is real estate, which so many of us, even if we're not familiar what the stock market is, we have some idea of what real estate investing is, right? You know, the person who buys a single family home and then rents it to another family and collects rent or buys an apartment building or a trailer park or whatever the case might be. And then they sit back and they begin to collect rent and that rental property uh, cash flows. But there's a third one, and this one really sort of has blown my mind, which is entrepreneurship. Because with real estate and even the stock market, you need a huge upfront investment, right? So we talked about needing an investment of time or an investment of money. Now, I will say sometimes the uh, needing an upfront investment of money when it comes to entrepreneurship is out there. Like we hear this a lot. You can't be, you know, scared money, don't make money, or you need money in order to, to make money. And some of that is true. But really, um, as entrepreneurs, we all have a set of skills that someone is willing to pay money, right, yes. to receive. 
right? And all you need is the, the your education, like the education that you already have, your life experience that you already have, and the skills that you've already built throughout the years, and begin to offer that. And I think really when we think about entrepreneurship, there's no cap to that, right? You can be even a doctor and guess what? Sooner or later, your income is going to be capped, right? Even if you have a higher salary, your income is going to be capped somewhere. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, it, it isn't capped. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that uh, entrepreneurs do, particularly women, unfortunately, is that we tend to build ourselves a cage out of a house that we wanted to build a freedom. And so learning how to build wealth so that our investments in our businesses can actually buy us our freedom is so important. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk to the entrepreneur who maybe has done that. They have left corporate America or whatever and started maybe what was a passionate, um, a passion project. I see, I see a lot of my clients tend to be, um, creatives and stuff like that. And they learn to monetize that. And now they've built themselves a job and, you know, maybe they're to the point now where they have kids that are graduating, they're empty nesters, and they realize that they don't want to be stuck in the job or the cage or whatever that, you know, that they built for themselves. So how can they start to take steps to change the trajectory of this beautiful thing that they've built, not, you know, make the money, but also build the wealth so that they can, I guess, have a light at the end of the tunnel or not feel like that they're, they're going to be working that job for the rest of their life. There's sort of three ways or three paths you can take to build wealth. The first one we've already touched on a little bit, which is particularly geared towards women, but it in general, it can fit towards anybody, which is reducing your expenses, right? If you can really focus on the things that you are passionate about, the things that add value to your life and spend money on that, uh, you know, uh, without feeling guilty, right? Spend money on the things that is a priority for you. And then whatever money is left over, use that to build wealth. That's a great way to start building wealth, right? So reducing your expenses, um, when you're comparing your income and your expenses, right? The second way is earning more money, right? So you can definitely earn more money, charging higher prices, offering more products, things like that. The problem happens is that the more money we make, the more money we tend to spend, right? The more things we tend to buy. And there's this term called lifestyle inflation, right? So the more money we make, the bigger house we want. The more money we make, the bigger car we want. And we forget that as you make more money it is no problem to be able to uh sort of begin to incorporate those things that really add value to your life but it's the mindlessness when it comes to spending mm. money that becomes the issue so we want to go from being mindless spenders to being intentional spenders intentional shoppers and the difference is right so you can do and i said there was a third one and it's a combination of the two of them right so reducing your expenses increasing your income or you could do a combination of both here's the key the money that you have left over use that to build wealth right use that to build wealth so as entrepreneurs, we know that it's incredibly important to invest in yourself, right? To invest in your business, but don't overinvest, <laughs> right? Don't spend so much money that 
uh, your business isn't even, you're not even collecting like a salary from it, <laughs> that you're not even paying yourself, right? So we want to be very mindful. And the same way we do it with our personal finances, which is trying to reduce expenses, trying to be prioritizing the things that are really important to us. And only you can decide that, right? I have some people who've totally cut out Starbucks because that is not important to them, but they've increased how much they spend on travel. I have other people who have decreased the amount of money they spend on clothes, but they've totally increased the amount that they spend on, uh, you know, on spas or manicures or pedicures, right? So no one can decide, no one should determine for you what is important to you. Only you can do that. So now that we've known that there's sort of those three ways, right, really being focused on uh, spending money on the things that matter, on the things that you prioritize, increasing your income or doing a combination of the uh, of the two, then the, the thing to, to think about is what do I do with the money that's left over, right? How do I invest it? Now, we've already talked about there is entrepreneurship, there's the stock market, and there's real estate. And for some people listening right now, there might be one, maybe two, or maybe all three are really interesting to you, right? Maybe you're like, you know what? I would love to actually invest more in my business because I know the return that my, do that my dollar invested in myself can can bring, right? Or you might say, you know what? I know people who have real uh, invested in real estate and that's something that really I'm attracted to, but I haven't looked into. So maybe that's the thing. Now I will say I am a real estate investor. I own my own business and I invest in the stock market. I love the stock market and I call it the lazy way to build wealth <laughs> because, uh, you know, it is one of those things where it's a set it and forget it. I think sometimes stock market investing gets a bad rap because you think of the person sitting in front of like 16 screens with all these red and green lines, right? But a simple way to begin investing in the stock market is in something like uh, IRA, right? So for uh, people who have uh, nine to five jobs, you might have known this to be like a 401k or a 403b. But for entrepreneurs, we have so many more tools available to us than the nine to fivers, right? We can mm -hmm. have an IRA, we can have a solo 401k, we ha can have a step IRA, there's all of these different tools available to us. And I think it's really, really important to sort of understand where you think the best return on investment is going to be for you. And you have to be honest about that, right? Because again, we don't want to be over investing in our business, and we're not doing the work, right? Because that is how we end up building that cage for ourselves. So we want to be building wealth and building generational wealth is something that's so, so important to me because it's great to live a great life now, but what about 50-year-old versions of ourselves, 60, mm -hmm. 70, 80-year-old versions of ourselves. What about the next generation, right? If you were one of those people who had to work two jobs in order to afford college and you still have 50,000 or six figures of student loans left over, right? And we can help the next generation, whether it's our own children or our grandchildren or nieces or nephews, right? And sort of changing a whole family legacy. The way you do that is by building wealth. And so again, there's a couple of different ways or different investment vehicles that you can choose to do that. Um, so you want to find the one that seems to best align with you. Thank you again for joining us today. I just wanted to take a quick moment to read another listener review before we jump back into our conversation. This one is from Tammy Reed and it is entitled Impactful. Her review reads, short and sweet and to the point. It was lovely listening to everyone's 
stories, and what led them to their pivots. It's inspiring to hear another entrepreneur's journey and what led them to this very moment in life. Thank you so much, Tammy, for your feedback. We love hearing your reviews as it gives us an idea of what to give you guys in the future. So thank you again. And now back to the show. Okay. Well, I'm going to assume just because I know my audience pretty well that the entrepreneurship avenue, they've got a pretty good handle on um, real estate as well. But let's just talk about like maybe they have some investment or maybe they have some income that they're bringing in in their business might be sitting in a savings account or whatever. Uh, a lot of times I find out, especially um, a female entrepreneur that may be doing this as a second income, they are not investing the um, extra money in their business. So what would be a first step for them to take the money that they might, you know, may, maybe they get a profit this year and they have a few thousand dollars that they want to do something with, what would they do? Like, where's who, what do they make a call? Do they need to contact a financial advisor? I think for some people, that first step is the mm. hardest, the scariest. Yes. Yes. Okay. One of the ways to sort of avoid that cage that you have is creating a safety net. Now this isn't sexy. It's not the most fun, but it is going to be one of the most rewarding is making sure you have that savings account. Right. And Let's talk about where to save money. This isn't the stock market. The stock market is not where you save money. Where you save money is in a good old savings account. And take a look at the interest rate of your savings accounts. Right now, uh, in the beginning of 2023, there are savings accounts that are returning 4 or 5% interest on your money there. Now, that's not going to make you rich, and that's not what a savings account is built for. A savings account is built for you to... Um, have that safety net, right? So how much should you have in savings? How much should you leave just kind of sitting in cash, earning, you know, a couple percentage points uh, when it comes to um, uh, of interest, right? Now, this is going to depend. This is going, I know people don't like to hear that, but it really does depend. It depends on the amount of responsibilities that you have, how many people depend on your income, right? But I always like to tell my clients, you want to save about three to six months of living expenses inside of a savings account. And this is really, really important for people who are trying to make that transition from full-time work into entrepreneurship, from full-time work to full-time entrepreneurship, right? Because you don't want to accept clients that you don't want to work with just because you need to pay bills, right? So building that safety net will give you that runway to say no to projects or clients that you don't want to take on. So having about three to six months of living expenses. Now, what is considered a living expense? Now, again, you decide what that is, but I would say it's the roof over your head, food on the table, gas in the car, right? Keeping the lights on, right? This isn't about saving three to six months of your salary. This is about, okay, what are the bare minimum essential things that if I had no income, I needed to make sure it got paid. It's the, the, the most bare essential things, right? So once you have a healthy savings account, right? As entrepreneurs, we want to have a savings account for our business too, because for the same reasons that we talked about, about when there, you know, we know that there might be some months where business is flowing in, we got a couple new clients, but, and then there might be a dry season or a dry, a uh, dry few months. 
So building a savings account for your business as well is going to be important. And the same rule applies. You want to have sort of that runway so that when those high seasons are coming in and that money is coming in, that you know that if there, if, if you have to stop business or if business ceases for whatever reason, because it's too it's 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 a slow time that you have enough money to keep your business running, right? So a savings account for your personal expenses and a, a business savings account. Okay, so let's say you have that. You're like, oh, I'm good. I'm I have no problem with saving. It's the investing part that I have mm. a problem with, or the wealth building. Now, as I mentioned, there's sort of those three avenues that you can take when it comes to entrepreneurship. Again, investing your business is going to be something that we are going to forever do, right? If we want to continue to grow, if we want to continue to scale, we have to put money back in our business. But one of the problems that I see is the over-investing, right? You really have to make the decision of, is the money that I'm putting in, what is going to be the return on investment I'm going mm -hmm. to see in that, right? Am I, if I know that I invest this $1,000, what is going to be the return on investment? And be honest with yourself about that. And I would say, put that in your, your business budget, right? Because the same way that I believe self-care is important in your personal budget, so is investing in your business for growth, right? That is 100% necessary. Now, if you're interested in taking a more passive approach, you say, you know what, I have my investments for my businesses I, or my business. I know what I'm going to be investing in coaching and in education and in training and in new technology and in new tools. Then think of another way to build uh, income that you're not working for, right? So maybe that's a digital product that you put out and that you set on evergreen, right? And mm. that is like a one and done, right? So that could be a passive way to build income. Another way is thinking of diversifying that wealth building tool, those wealth building tools, right? Say, you know what? I have my business. I know what I'm doing with my business. I'm going to continue to grow it. It's great. Uh, but what is another way that I can do that? Now, I've talked about how I like real estate. I'm, I have real estate property, but I really like the stock market. And I think one of the reasons people shy away from it is because it can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. And I would say, start simply. A lot of time people will come to me and they'll say, I wanna start investing. But really the question they're asking me is, what company should I invest in? Mm. <laughs> what, what business should I invest in? Well, you know, if I knew what company was going <laughs> to triple X, quadruple X, 1000%, like I'd be the richest person on earth, right? And I don't know, right? We don't know. We can make some, there's some things, like some indicators that you can tell what is a healthy value of a publicly traded company, right? But we really don't know what's going to be good, right? Back in the 70s, there used to be this company called Kodak, right? Oh. It was like camera films, you know, films and cameras. They were like one of the, the, the best companies out there. And today it's like Kodak who, right? Mm. So back then it was the company. Today we know companies like Tesla and Google and Facebook, right? But do we know that 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, those companies are going to be big, right? And when we're thinking about investing, we don't want to get um, swept up into like the hype investing is what I call it, right? Sort of getting swept up with what it, what people are saying on the internet or in financial media. Really, we want to uh, focus on um, 
focus on long-term investments, right? When we're thinking about investing, it's not about making a quick buck. It's about saying, okay, what can I invest in? What can I put my money in today that's going to bring value and add a return for me later on? And one of the simple ways to think about this, um, and as I mentioned, people, when they come to me, they're like, oh, I want to start investing. And the first question I have is, do you have a retirement account? Nobody wants to hear that. That's not fun. (laughs) It's not really sexy, but it is one of the best ways to build wealth. And you might say, but I don't have a 401k. I own my own business, but there's tools available for you. And the reason why I like to start with a retirement account is for the tax advantages. That's it, the tax advantages. And this is one of the reasons why I love entrepreneurship (laughs) as an investment vehicle as well because of the tax perks, right? So when we're thinking, if you're an entrepreneur out there, you don't have access to a 401k or a 403b or a thrift savings plan or anything like that, you do have access to something called an IRA. And there's a couple of them. There's one called the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA. And you should really speak with, um, with somebody to see what is going to be the best benefit for you. But essentially, one is going to give you the tax benefit today, and the other one will give you the tax benefit later. So depending on your income situation and your tax situation, you might say, you know what, actually, my uh, income is kind of lower right now, or my my business expenses is a little bit lower. Um, I don't really need the tax benefit now. But later on, I plan on making this into a six figure business or a seven figure business. So I'm definitely going to want to have those tax advantages later on. So when we're thinking about building wealth, really think about that avenue um, that isn't going to require active pursuit or inactive pursuit, right? You want something that's a little bit more um, passive, right? Whether, um, again, when you're building your business as an entrepreneur, that's an active pursuit. Sooner or later, we want it to turn a little bit more passive so we can be a little bit more hands-off, but it's gonna be an active pursuit of your time. And when it comes to, if you are, um, as you mentioned, uh, if you are in the situation where you have a few thousand dollars and you're like, okay, where can I invest this? I would say take a more passive approach to it. And that passive approach could be in your own business or in something like real estate or in the stock market. Awesome. There's so much there. And (laughs) I think I could unpack this with you for another 45 minutes. Um, But I know we've given our listeners a lot to talk about today and just a lot to think about. And one of the things I know is they probably will have some more questions and you have some fun tools Uh, You have a money mindset workbook that you have out there and you also do one-to-one coaching and you just have some different tools. So let's talk about how people can learn more about this, maybe get some questions answered or just um, work with you. Yeah. Again, Shelly, thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about talking about this because I think we really want to feel confident with our money, right? I think it's enough for just being, you know, sort of financially surviving. Like, let's get out of survival mode and let's start to financially thrive. So you can find me on uh, on my website, which is financiallythriving.com. As you mentioned, I do offer one-on-one coaching. What I have noticed is that a lot of times people will come to me, again, for the investing piece and the math and the calculations. But before we deal with the math, the calculations and the numbers, we really Really need to understand uh, our relationship with money, right? Do you have a healthy relationship with money? How does it feel when I say you're going to be wealthy, right? 
When I say you are going to be wealthy, does that make you feel like, oh, no, I'll never be wealthy? Does that feel so disconnected from you? What does even wealth mean to you? I think we really need to sort of understand as we build our financial house, right? The same way that we build our business home, as we build our financial house to really have a, a strong foundation and that money mindset is so important. Once we understand that uh, money mindset, we can talk about the numbers and the calculations and I can teach you how to build wealth for sure. But that is is a key component. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, I have uh, uh, a money mindset workbook. If you go to my website, you can find the money mindset workbook there. And it's I also have a road to financial wellness. So if you're someone who's sort of you know, you're like, I make good money, but I have nothing to show for it. I have so much debt. How come I, it seems like I have more month than money? Um, you might want to start with the financial wellness roadmap. But either way, go to my website, financiallythriving.com. And I'm very active on Instagram. So you can find me at financially underscore thriving and send me a DM. Let me know that you found me on this podcast and I'll send you those items as well. I will have links to everything in the show notes, but I spent some time last night just uh, hanging out on your Instagram and that's just a great place to start. If you just, you know, maybe you're a little, you know, want to just dip your toe in the water, just go to Wally's Instagram site and watch some of her videos and you'll get a feel for her vibe and how she works. And it just, it's a great, it's very um, unassuming and it's just very comfortable. And I think that's super, you're very approachable. And I think that's why a lot of people will connect with you. So, and, and I'm really excited that just as a entire population, we're talking more about money mindset because I came from, you know, I grew up, was in college in the nineties and we were taught the money. I mean, the, the math behind investing, but the whole missing piece that I think my entire generation, the Gen X has missed out on is the mindset piece. And if you don't have the money mindset, you can have all the math in the world, but you're not going to, it's not going to serve you because you've got to do a little bit of housekeeping internally first and get that mindset straight. So I'm so excited that you have that resource for um, our listeners and I will um, link all that to the, for them in the show notes. So before we leave, I know we've talked about a lot, but if you could just <laughs> narrow this down, I, I the the reason this podcast is called Educated, Empowered, Inspired is I always like to leave our listeners with one tactical and practical step that they could take this week. So do you have just one small baby step that they could take? Okay, it is a small step, but I don't want you to get overwhelmed because some people do, but it's really knowing what your income is, particularly if you're an entrepreneur. I think it could be easy to, <laughs> to guess that number, but really understand what your income is and take a look at what your expenses are. Both your business expenses, right? Like all those subscriptions we probably forgot and are on autopilot that we forget about. Um, same thing happens with our personal expenses, right? We have all of these subscriptions and we're like, wow, this is like double duty. So take a look. So my practical step for this week is take a look at what your income has been for the last two or three months and take a look at what your expenses has been, both for your personal side and your business side and see if it aligns with what you value most, right? This is about mm. value aligned spending. So see if the expenses you have in your business and the expenses that you have on your personal, if somebody were to look at your statements, does it reflect, is it an accurate reflection of what you are valuing in your life? 
That is awesome. So back in my generation, we would say, does your bank statement or your checkbook reflect your values? So I, it's it's the same uh, long-term advice to know your numbers and make mm-hmm. sure that your spending really does affect uh, reflect your values because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make you happy is that you're not depriving yourself of the things that you're really valuing and you're cutting back in other ways or being mindful in other ways. Yeah spending things on that adds value to you but also be careful for those wallet leaks right and you <laughs> brush off you know a $12 a month subscription but if you've had that subscription for six years <laughs> it's like wow that that could have like treated me to like a five-star Michelin restaurant yeah. which I would have valued even more right so really sort of getting intimate right getting financially naked and sort of really understanding where your money is going and seeing what how it how is it um creating that life that you want right i i say that money is a tool it's simply a tool it's not good or bad it's neutral but it's the tool to design the life that you want and so uh how is your tool being used to design that life that you want Awesome. I love that. Money is a tool. That's we're going to end on that note because it, it is and it can it can be used for good or for bad. And we can we're all going to use it for good after our conversation today and make money matter. Not only make that money, but make it matter. Mm. So with that, I always leave, like to leave our guests inspired. Can you share with us briefly like something that inspires you? Because I want to leave them inspired so that they go off and take all this wonderful advice they've learned and go out into the world and do something with it. Oh, okay. This is a great uh, question or topic. I would say you can build wealth that will impact your life and the next generation. Mm. Like if that's not inspiring... Uh, I don't know what is, but just think about your money uh, outliving you to make a difference and paying for those things and causes and money going to people and causes that you really love, not only in your afterlife, right, but even today. So make sure that you understand uh, that your money can go so much further if you know how to manage it well. Mm that ripple effect that that's just a perfect way to leave this is that your money can have such a ripple effect if you're intentional with it and and growing it and leaving that legacy. So thank you so much for sharing all of your just wisdom and advice. I know that many people walked away with some knowledge that they may not have had before today and some tips to go out and, you know, change their own uh, relationship with money and maybe how they're Uh, dealing with it today. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming, Wally. It's just been great to have you here. Once again, thank you so much for having me. And I hope to see some of your listeners. I'll follow me on Instagram and uh, yeah. I'll (laughs) I'll definitely be hanging out with you on Instagram and listening to all your content. So thank you. I'm going to link everything, um, all of her links and her website and everything in the show notes. So be sure to click on that. And go get her money mindset workbook and just all the things that you need to do to start putting these uh, tips that she shared with us today into action. And as we just said, both of us would love to hear how this message inspired you today. Go to Instagram and send Wally a DM and just let her know what you maybe took away from this episode and what tips that you found um, inspirational and how you are going to work on leaving a legacy to the next generation with your wealth. We, We just can't wait to hear it. 
And remember, wherever you are in your life or your business today, don't stay stuck, keep going, and be brave. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you were educated, empowered, or inspired, please follow and leave a review and share this episode with a friend. I want to help you get unstuck in life and business so you can build the life of your dreams. The first step on that journey is learning to calm the chaos and make space for what matters. Get my secret weapon for finding time in your busy life to make good things happen. Just click on the link in the show notes and grab my simple strategies to overcome overwhelm and take back your life. And until next time, remember, don't get stuck, keep going, and 